Hello and welcome to Unapologetic with me, Robin McNeil, identity coach and mentor for coaches. This is the podcast for the entrepreneurs with the complex mind as we pick apart the intricacies of running a successful business. Enjoy conversations with incredible guests from around the world. And of course, you'll get to hear my inner bitch firsthand as I dive headfirst into the topics we often shy away from. Ready to be unapologetic? Let's go. Not every single business owner is there right now. And I'm not saying that everyone should just be like, you know, you can pay $10 for this $10,000 program. That's not what I'm saying at all. But having more options for people based on their circumstances. And equality is very much everyone gets the same all across the board. And that's really not helpful in a lot of ways. Um, So I like to correct people and say, let's try to make equitable um, equitable experiences instead of equal experience, because not everyone's situation is equal. Today, we are talking to my friend, Simone McNish. She is a DEI consultant and inclusive content strategist. She helps entrepreneurs and organizations create inclusive environments and meaningful trainings for their clients. Welcome, Simone. How are you? Hey, Robin. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for being here, especially when it's so sunny out and it, you want to be outside right now. But you, it's like six, it's like 60 degrees right now. So it's not like hot, hot yet. But by this afternoon, I'm taking my laptop outside and I'm going to bake like a little, a little baked potato. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I need to get my patio cushions outside. That's what I haven't done yet. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I know I have to, I'm cleaning off my whole table today. It's like grimy, yeah. grimy patio table that I'm going to be spraying <laughs> off listening to music and just. <laughs> it's like that winter grime that you have to yes. go through every year. Yep. And you're like oh. Every year. And every year I'm like, I'm going to buy a cover for my table. And I, every year I <laughs> I don't. So <laughs> because that's okay. Yeah. It's because you clean it off yeah. and then you're like, oh, right. it's great. It's pretty. And then forget until next year. <laughs> right. Exactly. Just forget about that. That 35 minutes it takes to scrub the table down. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I guess, I guess there's some satisfaction with that though. Like when something's really dirty and you yeah. can make it look like really uh, crystal and pretty and yeah satisfaction I love that that's my life yeah <laughs> maybe that's maybe this is why we don't buy covers is because we just like that's that satisfaction <laughs> we love it we, we, we can't get enough of it <laughs> well I mean we've known each other for quite a few years actually I think really since early 2020 um yeah, yeah so. years uh, yeah so why don't you introduce yourself to our audience what you do what your pronouns are and a little bit more about your yeah. business journey totally my name is Simone McNish and my pronouns are the she series she her hers and um, I am a DEI consultant I like to say DEI consultant times two because in my nine-to-five job I do DEI consulting but then I have my own business where um, I do DEI consulting for organizations and entrepreneurs And I also heavily work in inclusive content. So looking at programs, looking at language, sales pages, marketing, um, and seeing where language and, you know, just kind of the whole vibe can be a little bit more inclusive and inviting. And I've been in business since 2019, but I made the switch over to diversity, equity, inclusion about a year later 
And um, I love it here. It's one of my favorite, most passionate um, career paths that I've ever had. I've I've probably had like three or four career paths at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm 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 almost thirty five. Like I I have I'm not like it. It's just been different chunks of life, and I've really enjoyed this um, foray into diversity, equity, inclusion, and specifically working with entrepreneurs. They have a really big piece of my heart. So that's kind of the quick and dirty about me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had the pleasure of working with you and I can say it was such an incredible experience. And I know, I mean, we're going to continue to work together. That's, (laughs) that's happening. Um, I love it. But why don't you tell us more? Because I do have a huge audience of entrepreneurs. Most people have their own businesses. I do have some that are in the nine to five um, Mm -hmm. and are in the director higher level. So this is a great message for you as well. But why don't you talk like, why don't we just dive right into inclusive content and what you're seeing and what's going on and, and how you're helping in that way? Totally. So um, with inclusive content, I would say that is one of the biggest areas that entrepreneurs need help with or come to me for help with. Um, Because if you think about it, a lot of us are one people shows or we have some leg of our business that is heavily involved into creating content. So we're creating blogs or podcasts or social media posts or TikToks, things like that. Um, And I've noticed that there is a certain kind of turn of entrepreneurs. A lot of times when you're very, you know, you're starting out, you're kind of in your imitation phase. You're looking for who are the coaches Mm -hmm. and the online creators who are getting the most posts and like, what, what is the strategy I need to do? But once you've been kind of in the game for a couple of years, you realize that you want your audience to feel included. You want people to know your story and you want to tell it in a fair way, but you also want your audience to feel like you belong here. You belong in these programs. You belong um, in my client container. I'm using quotes, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, like you belong here. And what I noticed after 2020 with our huge uprising of social justice and a lot of issues that we have, it were all of a sudden, um, organizations and individual entrepreneurs were taking a harder look and auditing their content a little bit. And then also noticing that they didn't know what to audit. They're like, I don't know if this is good. I don't know if this is bad. I don't know. And kind of people are a lot of times in this binary. They think in this binary as, you know, good language, bad language, you know, good content, Mm -hmm. bad content, when it's really more of a gray area. And it's really more about being informed. But thinking about areas like ableist language. So language that is not offensive to people who have disabilities. We're thinking about um, language that is culturally sensitive. So um, sensitive to Black and Brown and Asian folks like, and I don't want to lump everyone together because there's different, ah, there's different language that is offensive to different groups, but also just like thinking about if you don't understand language and you don't understand what's offensive, it's going to be very hard for you to create an inclusive sales page or inclusive messaging, things like that, or inclusive content. So um, language is a big part. Inclusive content too is also about like accessibility. So thinking about, you know, how 
are people able to access my content, right? Do I just have a super high paywall where you're paying to be in someone's energy, right? And then that's their content, right? You pay to jump on a sit. We've all heard those kind of horror stories of like, you're paying thousands of dollars to be coached or mentored by certain people. And the content that you're getting is not inclusive. It's not inviting people in. It's just breadcrumbing them to another sale, another sale, another sale. That's not an inclusive experience because you're your audience isn't getting a great experience and they're not being included in that. They're just being kind of like strung along. So there's a lot of different aspects that come into inclusive content, pricing, all of that stuff. But I would say that's like the main area I work with entrepreneurs on. And I'd love to see like the little light bulbs in their head go off like, oh, like this feels better. Like this feels more inclusive. And then the really cool part is when their audience, their community, their clients are like, this is why I decided to work with you because you really Mm. put that effort into being inclusive and being intentional about your content, being fair with your content. And I love that. I'm I'm a big Mm. fan of that. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. And it's actually interesting as you were saying that I was thinking, and it just occurred to me that since working with you, the diversity of my clientele has gone up significantly and i still i i started at least with a bit of a diverse clientele um but i would say i'm serving more people of color i am serving more people with differentialities um neurodivergence than i ever was before i love that yeah 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 take it it's yours putting it Uh, on my sales page no i'm kidding no do that. We'll talk after. I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll get you something in writing. Solid. Oh, even better. I love that. <laughs> but it's true. And I think there this is what I learned from you is it's always a growth stage. Like just as you're talking about it not being by um it's not binary. Right. I think we think that it's like all or nothing and we have to yes. be all in or nothing. And and that was one thing because I wanted to to do it all. I wanted to like okay, we got to be like super inclusive all across the board. And it was like, whoa, whoa, (laughs) pull the reins a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Start slow. Um, What do we already have in place? What do we need to add? Like I already had a really great um, community guidelines. Right. One of your suggestions was put that on your highlights, make that easily accessible for people to see and to understand, even if you're not saying it every day. And it's like these small little changes that you make Uh that continue to draw in those people. And luckily Instagram now has the pin posts. So now it's one of my pin posts, but. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) No, you go ahead. Oh. No, I was just going to say that like some people don't realize that a big part of, you know, being making equitable choices as a business owner, like being fair is being transparent and being clear about what you're doing and who you're doing it for. So um, I love that you said that about your community guidelines, because so many entrepreneurs make the assumption everyone just knows my community guidelines. Everybody knows my values. Everybody knows. And it's like, Just because you've made one post about it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that, first of all, that your whole audience has seen it, your whole community has seen it. Your clients may not even know what your community guidelines are because you're not talking about it frequently. So there's a big part of being inclusive that is talking about 
things frequently that you care about and what makes your community thrive, you know? So I love that you brought that up because I think transparency mixed with um, consistency is going to make you a more inclusive business owner. And that's probably what you're seeing as well, that shift in clientele in all different areas of um, diversity, not just racial diversity, but you Mm -hmm. mentioned being neurodivergent, um, having other differentialities of of diversity is because you're being clear and, and super transparent around how you do the work and, you know, how your clients are being served. A lot of people don't do that. It's very murky for a lot of people. You're kind of like, (laughs) okay, you made $300,000 last year, but like how, and how do you, how do you actually serve your clients? Like, Mm -hmm. what does your clientele look like? Like, what are you actually doing for them? And that's harder for people to articulate. Mm. Yes. Um, It actually brings me back. I had a client who um, was going through this reflection. She had had one of her clients who was the only Black person in her program approach her and and ask, Mm -hmm. is this really right for me? Mm. And it started this whole conversation with her where, oh my goodness, what am, what am I, yeah, what am I doing? What have I forgotten? Um, And I no longer work with her, but I believe she's making those moves, but it's, it, it's really interesting to me um, how many people I think I come across who haven't even started the work yet. Mm. They don't see it as a priority. And that's just what it is. It's like in, in their mind, it's like, it's very much placed in the category of nice to do. It's like, once I get to make, and I've, and I've heard this feedback from clients who are like, you know, um, I think it would be really nice to do once I hit multiple six figures or once I do X, Y, Z, and there's all these like, you know, different parameters that people put in. And I'm like, no, you could literally do this work from you deciding you're creating a new business tomorrow. And I have clients like this, which they're some of my favorite clients to work with. They're like, I'm starting this new business. Like, let's go in foundationally and build up, you know, diversity, inclusion, equity, inside of the business, like from the get-go. And I'm like, yes, this is what I want. This is awesome. Because when we look at it as an after effect and like things that happen later, later, later down the line, or as a more established business owner, what what does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) But like, you know, (laughs) like, yeah, it's like still, still just like making excuses. And I mean, I feel like anything that isn't a lever to make more money or like outwardly face to like improve your business revenue is looked at as something that you'll do later. And this this is not just diversity, equity, inclusion. It's a problem across the board with with so many other different things. So it's very easy to just say, okay, I'm just going to think about that later or it also shows a lot about privilege. It's a privilege not to have to think about that. It's right. a privilege to not wonder how the Black women in your program are experiencing it. It's a privilege to not not know how to make your content more accessible for those who are neurodivergent or have physical or like physical disabilities and you're running a retreat, right? It's a privilege to just not have that on the front of your brain. So one of the really cool things that I love too, is that like, I don't just work, a lot of people think that I just work with white women. 
I don't just work with white women. Like I work with people across the a board. Like I have a man who's a client. I have uh, what I have black women. I have all different types of people that I've worked with because diversity, equity, inclusion is for everyone. It's not just for one type of business owner, the most privileged <laughs> business owner. It's not necessarily always who it's for. So that was a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> that's there. an excellent, it's an excellent point to make though, because you can still be a woman of color and not have an inclusive practice for <laughs> somebody who with ADHD or somebody who's neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. Right it all matters. So I love that point. I think it's really strong, but also the point of you should be doing it now and you can be doing it now. And what if it is the thing that helps make you more money? What if you have a whole subset of your audience that has been holding yeah. back because they're yeah. just not sure what your value system is and if right. you are going to make them feel safe. And I think a lot of this work is about making those people feel safe working with you. It's so true. It's building that trust and, and prioritizing psychological safety. And I think there's a lot of um, entrepreneurs, especially in the coaching field. Um, I've worked with a lot of coaches that don't, they're not thinking about psychological safety. Like they're thinking about being polarizing and, right. you know, like sharing the message in a way that's controversial. And it's like, some of these messages that are, are deemed to be controversial are really harmful and really... Yeah centered in privilege and centered in a lot of stuff. And I just, I'm like, oh, click off away, away, away. Um, and people aren't like, some of these coaches aren't really thinking about, you know, what is the makeup? What are the demographics of my, my program? Um, because they're just, they're thinking that if someone hasn't come up to them, like your other client and had, um, I'm assuming your client is white, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So having a black woman come up and say like, is this program for me? A lot of people just don't even have that. It's just that, you know, people who um, are marginalized just skip on past. They, they look at the, the, the retreat photos and all these things. And they're like, it's not for me. Like, I'm just going to just keep on going because I'm going to look for a place that is reflected in the identities that I hold. Um, and I think the business owners who are doing it really well talk about their identities. And you we don't see that a whole bunch in the online space. Mm -hmm. We hear like coaches talking about fighting the patriarchy and like women empowerment and stuff, but like we don't hear, especially white coaches, I never hear white coaches talk about being white. And I'm like, you're white. <laughs> Talk about it. Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> but that's uncomfortable yeah. for some people. Well, a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I think you actually maybe raise, well, not maybe, you're raising a point that maybe we should talk about and should have yeah. talked about at the beginning. But yeah. what, and I think I want to talk a little bit about equity. Like yeah. what, what is the definition of equity? Because I think people sometimes confuse it with equality yeah. and they think, as long as I'm not addressing anything, I'm being equal. Yeah. And so I'd love for you to talk more about equity. Definitely. So when we're thinking about equity, we are doing fair practices and giving resources to different people based on their needs. So meaning the resources are sometimes going to be different for certain people. If someone maybe has a learning disability, they might need 
a different format of your program, right? So that's why I'm a big proponent of having like a transcript, having video, having um, an audio only podcast, because who knows what their learning style is, they might need an extra accommodation. So equity is making sure that you're centering in and giving options to people who have different needs. Equality would be saying instead, I am making a video for everyone and it's accessible to everyone, right? Everybody gets the exact same or thinking about, I also think about like pricing equity, like being equitable with your pricing. Like equal pricing would be that everybody has access to payment plans, like a 12 month payment plan, or they can pay in full. Those are the equal options. Everybody gets the exact same. Equitable pricing would be that either you have a scholarship that is for um, maybe people who are single moms, maybe people who have been disenfranchised because of their race and haven't had access to capital, um, maybe former veterans, like, you know, a whole group of people who maybe don't have as much financial security. Um, and not saying that all of those groups don't have financial security, but thinking about like, what are the life situations that come? Or if someone is just saying like, I am facing like intense financial insecurity, but I would do anything to go into your program. You know, some people have, um, some people have situations where like, I'm not going to turn anyone away. Obviously that comes with a certain level of business owner where mm -hmm. your needs are met and things like that. But that is more equitable. So that is not every single business owner is there right now. And I'm not saying that everyone should just be like, you know, you can pay $10 for this $10,000 program. That's not what I'm saying at all. But having more options for people based on their circumstances. And equality is very much everyone gets the same all across the board. And that's really not helpful in a lot of ways. Um, mm -hmm. So I like to correct people and say, Let's try to make equitable, um, equitable experiences instead of equal experience, because not everyone's situation is equal. Yeah. I'm curious if you had, you know, a newer business owner who maybe doesn't have the capital yes. for a scholarship yet, or yeah, what is your suggestion? Where do they start? Totally. Lean into your free content. That's what I say. I think a very equitable way of creating resources is having something that is free, right? Or, or very low cost. So as we know that when we're starting out as a business owner, we don't have access to capital unless you've secured a business loan, which is probably mm -hmm. not. A lot of us have kind of, you know, been scrappy and kind of like self-funded our businesses and, and haven't had to get a bank loan, things like that. And so my biggest advice is like, have some sort of free content that you produce regularly. That is totally acceptable. Nobody is saying that you have to, you know, early on have a scholarship or give away spots to your programs for free if you're not being able to feed your family. Nobody's saying that. It's not a, a martyr situation where you're just giving everything away so you can't eat yourself. Um, one of the most powerful things to do, especially, um, you know, if you are a black or brown woman or um, a woman of color or you are part of the LGBTQ community, a big move of social resistance is to have your own business and feed yourself. 
you got to feed yourself before you feed other people. Mm. But on that note, you can also be really intentional about, you know, saying I'm going to do a podcast and I'm going to think about some of the questions that people ask me all the time. So like I have a podcast about, um, I have a podcast episode all about how to speak up in times of injustice, which is one of the main things that people ask me. And, you know, I have all these podcast episodes. If people really want to listen and do the work, they can. It's accessible to them. They can listen at any time. It's basically the same as coming to a workshop is you just don't get access to me. And that is a really accessible way to be equitable. And you can even take it one step further and say like, here's a guide that has all of my podcast episodes based on topic and you can just click into it and stuff. And that's, that's great. I love that. I think that's that's really helpful. Um, especially if you're an entrepreneur who is really into content creation and you do really want to serve your audience and you're not just like thinking beyond just trying to capture that sale, thinking Mm. about really wanting to serve your audience and your community, then you can just create some free stuff until you, until you can give out scholarships, until you can do free spots, you know, within your, or, or discounted um, spots within your programs. Yeah. Perfect answer. (laughs) Nothing left to say. Um, But on the topic of equitable business practices, like what else do business owners need to keep in mind? I think you kind of have to look at your whole customer journey. And this is when it's great to work with a consultant if you have the means, because through your customer journey, you're thinking about like, you know, are they able to fill out their um, application form. Like it, what, what, like looking, starting there, right? So having equitable practices would be, you know, making sure that you're asking for pronouns or, you know, or having this place for pronouns, making it optional always. But, um, you know, asking like, what are your pronouns? Thinking about um, how am I interacting when I go out in the world too? So an equitable practice is, thinking about when you are being asked to speak in a conference or maybe you're creating your own conference or or what are they calling it? Are they calling it conferences? What do they call summits. it? They were yeah. summits. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> summit. There was a big uh like flurry of summits in like 2019, 2020. I don't see as many anymore because I feel like I mean, I have opinions about them, but you know, um, <laughs> uh-huh. so like thinking about, yep, thinking about your participation in the summit. So, um, are you asking about the diversity of the summit? Are you asking about the racial diversity in the summit? Are you asking about representation in the summit? Um, are you, are you also an equitable business practice is researching your mentors and figuring out what their values are? If you are being mentored by something by someone who does not share your values and you're absorbing that information that may be against your values and then pushing out to your community, that's not an equitable business practice, in my opinion. You really have to be able to define your values. So I think that's an equitable business practice is defining your values, communicating those values out, um, sharing things that are fair, right? Um, you have to look at some of the things that you do and understand is, does this align with what, who I am and what I do, or is this something that someone else has mentored me into doing? And this is just 
the way it is. So mm-hmm. it's really great to start looking at some of those practices that it are the quote unquote industry standards. Break those down and see, does that feel yucky? Because there's a lot of practices that actually feel gross and yucky. It's because they're inequitable. And you're allowed as a business owner to change some of those practices and do things differently in your business. Um, I know I, there was quite a few that I just said like, no, I'm not doing this. Like Mm -hmm. speak at conferences for free. I don't do that. Um, I don't do any speaking for free anymore. Like I just, I don't (laughs) because it's inequitable for me. It does. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, It doesn't do anything for my audience and my community that is paying me. And I'm giving all this time to something that's not the energy exchange isn't equal. No, I don't Mm -hmm. do that. But there's, I mean, there's a laundry list of things that I just, you know, from 2019 that I started my business, I just don't do anymore. Oh, yeah. The whole business has shifted since 2019. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I'm curious because we had a huge movement for social justice Mm -hmm. in around this time in 2020. And what have you seen? Has it continued? Have you seen it drop off? Like, what has been that trend? It's dropped off significantly. Um, I would say within one year of you know, the resurgence of Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. the murder of Joy- George Floyd, I saw like a flurry. I would say I saw a flurry for three months of just anyone who could find a DEI consultant, anti-racism educator, or just their, their inboxes were filled to the brim and working with clients that, especially organizations that were just, oh my gosh, this is a dream client. But they were very much looking for the one-off solution. And so what I've seen is that like there was a flurry of, you know, organizations and people trying to like get their seat at the workshop or, you know, get a training or get a one-off one-on-one session. And they're like, great, I've checked the box. I'm great. I've done it. It's it's good for my community. I can show that I've done this. And then they just kind of forgot about it. And it was never you know, they never thought about it again, or, or they just thought, oh, like I did this in, in 2020. And I've had clients that I signed against my better judgment (laughs) that they were like, I'm like, what work are you doing around diversity, equity, inclusion? They're like, oh, well, like we posted something in May on May 31st around Black Lives Matter. We did the blackout square. So that that counted. And you're like, what? That's not <laughs> it. <laughs> like, that's not it. Like posting once on social media, even like, even if you did commission someone to create a workshop for you or something, or you have a train, like for, for entrepreneurs, like there's a training in your catalog on diversity, equity, inclusion. If it's from 2020, it's likely outdated. Um, language changes, like practice, best practices change. All like so many things have happened. Um, so I've seen a big drop off. I'm making a change in my business because I just don't have the business from entrepreneurs as much anymore. Um, mm. I, I heavily now focus on organizations because those are where like the majority of long term projects are coming from. Um, and entrepreneurs aren't seeing the value anymore because that, that flurry, and I hate to say it, but if something, and when something happens again in the social justice sphere, there are like mini blips 
like mini flurries of, I need to hire Simone. I need to hire someone. I need to do this for my community. And then they just fall off. So it's like this, this cycle of injustice. And I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. It's really hard Mm -hmm. to watch. It's like very disheartening, especially as a black woman who a lot of these practices, if entrepreneurs and small business owners actually took a look at some of their inequitable practices outside of the injustice, like it would just be a better world for everyone, not just for me, but for so many other people. Yeah. So here's your call out, people. Anybody listening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Call me. Yes. And don't just try to get a one-off call. I, I I deliberately got rid of those in my in my business because I just don't, it's not doing a service to my clients. And who am I to say, like, just because you came to me and said I want to do a one-off call. Um, and I I did used to market those and do those before, but just because you want a one-off call to like solve this one area of your business, it's usually a systems problem where the different systems in your business are all leading to different inequities. And you're trying to like cut off the head, but it's already spread to the different branches. So we got to look at the whole business as an entity and not just one little, my content and making like saying good language. Like it's, it's more than that. Yeah. Definitely is. I mean, it's it's been a journey. I think we did the work together a year ago and it it's been a yeah. journey in implementation and experimentation with it yeah. and and also catching really? yourself like when you you talk about the language one of the things that I really had to work around was ableist language. That was yes. like my Achilles heel. It so many people though. Like that is I have to say like even in my nine to five job all the time, like I see ableist language and I'm like, Hey, like, let's not say this. So even when you're working in DEI, like even like other people in the community, it's like, I see ableist language or language that like, or not respecting pronouns and things like that. And I'm like, people let's get it together. (laughs) Like it's in, in one, in one angle, it's like, it's not that hard if you're aware of it, if you're aware of certain words that, you know, like are offensive to people, you know? Yeah. It's tough. It is really tough. tough. That was a big journey for me as well. Like unlearning and stop seeing certain language, you know, it's hard. You did have something. I don't remember if it was a freebie or a blog, but you did have something about how to shift your language and what to use instead. Is that still available? It is. It is. It's on my website, um, simonemcnish.com. Um, and it's one of my free resources is inclusive language for entrepreneurs. And I do have a whole um, video around, you know, what inclusive language is. I have a free resource, like a PDF resource that comes with it that says, you know, try this instead of that. I will probably mm-hmm. update that within this year as well to like just make it a little bit more accessible and break it down further but it does have a really great foundation if you are curious about language then yeah it's it's a great place to kind of think about what you might want to take out of your everyday language but also your sales language because I see a lot of sales language that I'm like "Mm -mm, no don't say that (laughs) it's really not landing the way that you think it's landing um 
and it's making business owners look, I don't want to say uneducated, but just like unaware that this is a really important area that may be excluding people. Yeah. No brainer is one that comes to mind a lot for me. <laughs> no brainer. Yeah. That was a hard one for me to get rid of, rid of as well. But like, yeah, like no brainer is like, oh, it's a no brainer that you would join this program. It's like, well, the program's $80. If somebody doesn't have any money in their bank account, then it is a brainer. Like you are, you do have to think about it. Anything that's an investment is something to have to think about you know, even if it is tremendous value, why don't you just say it's tremendous value instead? Like, this is the value of it. I think the biggest one, the one that I still catch myself is when I want to say, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Yeah, (laughs) crazy. That's the one, but I've learned to use unbelievable. It is unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the hardest shifts as well, because it's Mm so ingrained in our society to say crazy. That's crazy. That's or um, a big one too, lame. That's lame. Like, uh, right. it's, your, your marketing's lame or blah, blah, blah. Um, and so shifting that language and finding those alternatives to say instead um, is important, especially as you're catching it in your everyday language, um, which is much harder to edit and audit than your actual sales page. Like your sales page, you can say like, don't say this X, Y, Z. But when you're speaking out loud, you have to really think about and navigate what you're saying first. Yep. (laughs) So I will, I'll link that freebie in the show notes because it is, it's such an incredible freebie and I've used it. Um, I haven't used it lately. That's why I was like, what was it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it it was, it was what helped me to find new language around the things that I have been conditioned to say. Right. like guys hey guys and conditioned to say crazy or insane right exactly Mm -hmm. yeah it's a lot a lot of a lot of deconditioning is yes that's what people don't realize too about DEI work it's like it's a lot of unlearning social norms and unlearning things that we have been taught and it's, it's hard work and it's tiring work um, sometimes, but I think about who is it more tiring for? It's more tiring for the people who are reading your pages or interacting with you and constantly facing microaggressions and constantly yeah. facing discrimination that they, that you, you're not even aware of, you know, it's more, I'm always on the side of the person who it's happening to them, you know? So um, and avoiding being in that savior complex of like, mm. I'm doing my best to help. I'm a helper. I'm one of the good ones. Like there's not good ones and bad ones. There's just people and they're on a spectrum of, of learning and being on their journey. So, yeah. I think that we're going to leave this conversation right there because yeah. I feel like, yeah, being on a spectrum. So just get on the spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Start small, start doing something and stop pushing it off until next year, next quarter or something. Just like make yeah. one small commitment and communicate that commitment. That's what yes. people don't want to do. They're like, oh, well, I'm doing this stuff. It's like, nobody knows though. Nobody yeah. knows what you're doing because you don't talk about it. So true. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned a bit of a restructure with your business and I know you have something really exciting coming out for people who want to learn more about DEI. Why don't you tell us? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm very excited. I am 
launching a membership um, for those who have been around since 2019. I had a membership before and I still have a trademark for it. So I'm going to be using the same name, but it is called the Movement Membership. And it is going to be a 12-month membership for entrepreneurs. And it is going to be face or it's going to be focused on three aspects. That's education, um, implementation, and community. So all centered around diversity, equity, inclusion, and J, justice. <laughs> so it's going, yeah, justice. And when we're thinking about justice, we're thinking about how are we equitable business practices are making sure things are fair for everyone, but Justice is how are we making things right and starting to correct some of those inequitable practices that we've done in the past. So how are we sharing that like, hey, I used to do this, but now I'm doing this because of this reason, right? And how are we restructuring our business so it can be a justice-centered business and not just an inclusive business that has representation, diversity? Like I want us to have deeper conversations in that. So um, it is going to be, you know, a smallish, intimate-ish membership um, starting off, and um, there will be monthly workshops, there will be a group coaching call, there will be content reviews, we will have quarterly kind of celebrations to talk about our wins, um, all come together and really just like humanize um, diversity, equity, inclusion. I don't want it to be all everyone's coming with their notebook and doing their homework. Like I want it to be a human environment. So entrepreneurs can be in community for other with other people who are doing the work, but also that we're kind of in this reimagination stage together of kind of building out this new frontier of business ownership. Because um, currently, like, I don't know, the past few years, there's been a shift, but you know, a couple of years ago, things were looking very stale, very stale and very just kind of one dimensional. So how mm -hmm. do we kind of reimagine what business can look like? How do we serve our communities and our clients in a way where they're raving about working with you and they're fully supported and thriving? That's really what, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion is about is helping, helping people thrive. Love it. Yay. We will definitely link that as well for yeah. because this episode will come out just before it launches. It just before the launch. Yeah, it'll, it'll officially launch end of May and um, it will launch. It will open twice a year. So um, the first people who join are going to be the most pampered people. <laughs> and also my, 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 my people who I'm not experimenting with, but I'm testing out, you know, what do they like? What do they not like? But yeah, it's going to be my main offering from now on. I, I'm not really messing with one-off calls or mm -hmm. um, really not doing entrepreneur trainings anymore. Um, I'm just going to be doing this and a couple little mini offers. But other than that, it's, this is the way if you're really committed to working on DEI for your business. So yeah, that's so perfect. So how can people find you? And I do have one question after that, but tell us how they can find you. Of course. So I'm mainly on Instagram um, at Simone.McNish, M-C-N-I-S-H. And um, I'm kind of being on LinkedIn a little bit more. Still, you know, <laughs> it's still <laughs> annoying to me, but like sometimes I'm on LinkedIn. Um 
And yeah, you could also email me. I, I like emails are fun these days. So hello at simonemcnish.com. And yeah, those are like the main ways. Mm. And get on her email list because she has yes. some great Friday newsletters. <laughs> yes, I have an email list and I have a podcast too. I just and the podcast. forget about my podcast because I'm not super consistent there yet. And that's just because, you know, life, life is lifing. So yeah. yeah. Two young babies. Two babies, yes. It's hard to do it all. (laughs) It is. Okay, so my very last question for you. If you could give advice to anyone listening right now on how to be more unapologetic in life and business, what would you say? Ooh, that's a really great question. I would say defining what matters to you. So the best way to be unapologetic is defining what matters to you and using that as your own personal compass. Because if you understand what truly matters to you and you are acting upon that and you are moving boldly and unapologetically towards the things you actually care about versus people pleasing and just doing what everyone else thinks that you should do, you are going to have a happy and very fulfilling life if you are just being unapologetic towards what you care about everything else can just fall to the wayside and um a lot of people think that you need to live for other people and do what other people want you to do but you got to just figure out what matters to you of course not in a harmful way <laughs> not not in a problematic way but you know really figuring out like what makes you tick and just keep going from there i think i think being unapologetic and bold is it's just it has to be part of your equation because if you're always just kind of like eh, i don't know then you're just never going to do anything that in so many different aspects of your life so yeah there you go that's great advice thank you so much for joining me today this has been so good Yes, this was so much fun. You've been listening to Unapologetic. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your reviews help more women to find this podcast so they too can be unapologetic in life and in business. 